Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dasis. We're here with another episode with Divine Purpose Podcast. We're excited to have a wonderful guest, a special guest today. Um, his name is Bob Mostacheri. Um, Bob will definitely tell us about himself, but before we start, let's make sure our sponsor get their their appreciation. So we have Dasis Facility Management. We will sponsor this podcast. Dasis Facility Management. You can call them six one seven two three seven zero one zero six in Massachusetts or Rhode Island, New Hampshire, um, for your all your facilities need. That's his facility management. You can go online www.dasisfm.com www.dasisfm. Do you want to maximize the value of your commercial property and achieve optimal productivity and efficiency in your day-to-day business operations? That's where Dacius Facilities Management can help. DFM offers Boston area businesses help in key areas like building and preventive maintenance, handyman services, project and vendor management, and even security consulting at competitive rates. Call Dacius Facilities Management now at 617-237-0106 or visit DaciusFM.com today. DaciusFM.com. So we have another sponsor. So this is a this day website. So they're going to create your website if you have any question. Need a website? It's 2022, so you probably do. Check out our new sponsor, This Day Design. They build websites for coaches and consultants using a straightforward time extraction system. They also work with all budget. So make sure to call 857-241-9955. Let's not have our guests wait um, too much. So, Bob, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for being here. So we're going to start with Divine Purpose Podcast. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. All right. Happy to have you, Bob. Definitely. Thank you for being here today. So the question is, what can you tell us about you today? Yeah. So my name is Bob Mazzuchetti. Uh Currently, I am the vice president of industry solutions uh, for Nuvolo. Nuvolo is a um, purpose-built IWMS built on the ServiceNow platform. Um, so what I do in my role is kind of oversee um, a number of different things from strategic sales initiatives to content marketing to go-to-market strategy um, all around what we're doing in terms of our product and the direction of the product. And the reason why I'm in this role is because I've spent my entire 
20 year career um, in the corporate real estate and facilities management world. So I've I've only stayed in this lane, whether I was a functional um, sitting in a facilities department as a space planner, move coordinator, facility planner, um, doing those types of roles. Then I transitioned into the consulting world, which got me into technology, which led me into sales and leads me into a role today where I can kind of help people across multiple streams in the organization. Wow. Wow. Well said. Well said. So I understand that. So your day never be the same, right? Never. It, it's never the same. Like I was late for this uh, podcast that you were calling me like, where are you? I was like, well, I was dealing with a, with a client issue. Um, so yeah, it's, it's never the say, same. Some days I dropped uh, an episode of the Connected Conversations podcast which is yes. this morning on LinkedIn, on my LinkedIn page. Uh, you can find me at Bob Masachetti on LinkedIn. Um, so the content marketing, then jumping on a phone call, talking about something we're going to do with the product and then jumping on a phone call and talking about a client and the need that that client had. So it's never the same and, it, and it's always something different and something hopefully exciting. Exciting. No, definitely for our world, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us so two most challenging um, aspect in your life and yeah. how did they challenge you? Yeah. So, you know, what I talked about was my, my professional life, what I am in my professional life. Yeah. Um, but a lot of what I do in my professional life also comes from, you know, what I've been through in my personal life. And I will give you uh, a couple moments in my life um, that have been quite challenging to me. And one, one just happened recently. The first was I lost my mother when I was 11 years old. Sorry to um, hear that. Yeah. So when you lose your mother at that age you have to learn to live differently right because the mother your mother is so important to you and such an attachment and a safety net to you yes um to where when you lose your mother that young and she was sick for a couple of years with cancer and it was really hard um you know it, it takes you once you, you know, once you lose a parent like that, yes. you feel different yeah. and people look at you differently and you have to learn to adapt and adjust and you have to grow up much quicker. So really, you know, starting at the age of 11, I had to grow up a little quicker and learn how to deal with life's not fair sometimes. And there are hard things in life and those things in life, they don't define you. Um, they make you who you are and they set you on a, a path. Uh, yes. Wow. And thank you for sharing. And I, I can relate to that too, because I love my dad early uh, age. But you said when this happened, yeah. this make you grow much quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true, but I would like you to to kind of uh, elaborate if you could. Yeah, because, you know, especially with a mother, you don't have that safety net anymore. And, you know, your mom, stand, my mom was a tough woman from the Bronx and, you know, she's always standing up for me and always, you know, taking good care of me. But you have to, you know, when you're now in a single parent household, you got to take care of yourself a little more. Yeah, parents working and doing other things and you have to take care of yourself in that regard. You don't have that emotional support of mother. Um, so maybe you seek that somewhere else from an aunt, a friend's mom, yeah, um, something along those lines. But you also learn the lesson that life isn't always fun and fair and that hard things 
come about and you know it's a saying like hard times don't last hard men or women do you know so it's like you gotta you gotta you can't let it define you your whole life can't be defined by that by that tragedy and it was a tragedy she was young uh and and like i said i'm very sorry to that um so is there a way we can talk about and i'm just like i said that's a question we had can you share any favorite memory you had um, with her or in your childhood? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I think back to a Little League game. And now I don't know if my memory changed this, but this is the way I remember it. <laughs> okay. I was 10 years old playing with the, you know, the older kids. Now I was very good when I was much younger. Okay. And then I got with the older kids and it was a little harder and I, I wasn't doing as well, but I was always a good athlete. My mother loved my baseball games. So it was a little league game. I was playing against uh, a team which with much older kids on it. And I hit a home yeah. run. I hit a home run. And as I'm <laughs> trotting the bases, I see my mother out in right field. Yeah. And then I see my brother out in center field who was doing the scoreboard. Yeah. And then I come to home plate and I step on home plate. My dad was the umpire. And he took his umpire yeah. gear off and high-fived me. He wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. But he did it. Nobody was ever going to tell my dad no. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that's – everybody was there. Everybody was supporting me, not to be selfish, but everybody was there to support me. My mother had a great amount of joy, even though she was sick. Uh, my brother was excited for me. My dad was excited for me. So me, whether that, re- I know my brother and dad were definitely there. I don't know if my mom was really there or my memory inserted her there. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to hold that as one of my fondest memories. No, time. and thank you for telling us that because this allowed me to go to my next question. How important are those memories for you? looking back and then maybe maybe sharing sharing them and like you said you don't know if you inserted it in your memory so how important that is for you well unfortunately and then your your original question was three hard things in life right so that was one I've had some other ones but recently my father passed my father uh, was 90 years old okay. and he lived with me these last two years during the pandemic. Right. Um, so he just passed and that was really hard for me. Sorry for your loss, man. Thank you. Thank you. But what I wanted to tie back to was your last question about the memories. Right. And there's a saying that nothing perfect lasts forever, except in our memories. Mm. Right? So we, we can hang on to these things in our memories And it's important to remember these good things, right? And I don't care if that really happened or not, the story with my mother at the Little League game. I'm going to keep that memory the way it is. Yes. Because because it is, and you hang on to the the good memories. And and with my dad, the last two years were, were, you know, a challenge at times. He, He had some issues, but we had a lot of good times. And I have to remember the things that we did um, together that were happy and and um, the things that I really um, valued so that when his time came and I, you know, being 90 and being an older father, I'm 45, he was 90. Yeah. And that It was the year we were 50. 50, 50 right? yeah. Half his age. And I have to remember... I can't remember the tough times at the hospital. I can't remember the tough nights we had where he was having trouble breathing. I have to remember the times where we went to the national forest or the the times where we went to a baseball game. 
And I said to myself, I'm not going to have forever with my father. So I need to make these memories. So I took those lessons from losing my mother at a young age where I don't have a lot of memories, Eddie. I don't. Okay. I don't because I was a little kid. Yeah. But I had, I had 30, 35 more years with my father to make good memories. And which, which is all important and that's probably what's most important now because they, they, they are for you and they will be with you forever. Mine. Uh, yeah. And let, let's go with, um, which of, which of your accomplishments you are the proudest? Which of my accomplishments and my most accomplishments am I the most proud of? I'll say this. And I just kind of touched on it because it's kind of fresh with my father. Just my father passed in September. Okay. I am most proud of my life as a whole. So I've, I've been through a lot of challenging times in my life. And um, I got to a point in my life where we had the pandemic start. Yeah. So, and my father was living in New York in an, in an independent living senior community and that's where people were being greatly impacted at that time um when the pandemic started to start and they started to have outbreaks in his community yeah i I was able to purchase a home move my father out and spend the next two years taking care of him i am most proud of my ability to provide a home for him to take care of him and have the strength and financial ability and the, the yes. support of the company that I work at to be able to spend two yes. years taking care of my father as opposed to letting something happen to him. And and like you just said, those those two years really shape, allow you to create better memories of him too. Yeah, and it gives me a sense, not to sound selfish, but I have a sense of peace. Yes. You know, I have a sense of peace because I was with him every step of the way, every step of the way from the moment he got here to the moment he left this earth. You know, I was with him. And to me, to be able to have a life like that, to where we didn't have a lot as kids, you know, we yeah. were, you know, we, were, we, we, we came from a blue collar family. My father was a prison guard. My mother was a stay at home mom. There wasn't a lot, a lot of money there. There wasn't, you know, fancy cars and, um, you know, fancy sneakers at my time was a bit, I got a whole closet full of sneakers now because yeah. I didn't yeah. have them as a kid. Yeah. I'm so proud. I was able to provide a beautiful home for my father in the Rocky mountains of Colorado. That's where I live. Yeah. Um, And I really, really was able, what I hope is to give him an enjoyable end of his life. And I'm most proud of that. So let's go to high school a little bit, go into that journey. Let's go back to the, um, to the, um, to the past with you in terms of high school. What was your dream job in high school? And Ah. this is a two step question. Dream job in high school slash middle school, high school, dream job in college and dream job now. Yeah. So in high school, I I, I thought I was going to play the out, uh, the outfield for a major league baseball team. Okay. (laughs) That didn't quite pan out. I I never even got to play in college because I I blew out 
my knees and had some other health issues that precluded me from carrying that forward. Not, not that I was ever really major league caliber uh, quality, <laughs> but that's, yeah. I mean, in high school, that's, that's, a gym, I, you know. that, that's what I wanted to do. So then you take it to college In college. I thought I was going to go into some form of law enforcement. Okay. Uh, quite honestly, I have a criminal justice degree. Yeah. Um, I was in the criminal uh, justice national honor society. And like, okay. I thought I was going to do something along those lines and, and life took me in a different direction. And I, now I, I work for a software company and I've been in real estate and facilities for 20 years. So, you know, like, no, I, oh. I, I know that's the official version. Let's, let's, let's get the D, DP podcast version in terms of going deep. Okay. When did you realize that, all these things were not for you and what really get you to the path of your career right now? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, even when I went to college, you know, I tried out for the division three baseball team and my knee went out again. Like okay. I had another knee surgery. So I had to tell myself, you're not an athlete. Anymore. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not going down that path. And then as you go through college, yes, I got out of college and I did something actually in that I got a job in private security. Okay. I got a job in private security and no joke. The second day of my first job out of college was 9-11 and I was in wow. Boston and we were a security company. So wow. the, 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 the company was a, the fourth largest security company in the world and it was run by one man. So he could say and do whatever he wanted at the time. And they were having us keep the office open 24 hours a day. We were sleeping in the office because, you know, this, this traumatic yeah. thing happened and, and we were a security company and there's a perception, but I quickly learned to your point that this was not for me. <laughs> and I was, I was, you know, in my early twenties, we were entering a recession after nine 11. I just happened to find a job through some friends in New York city working as essentially a facility planner in a facilities department, doing moves, managing where people sat, and something that always stuck with me and it was a lot of what my dad taught me is you got to pick a lane right mm. and I, I I happened to do this and I got good at it I was very good at, at managing space and moves and yeah then I moved to California and I got a job at a biotech company where they needed me to move the whole company now I only managed four floors in Manhattan Manhattan yeah it was small then I go to California and I talk my way into this job where I had to move the whole company and it's like I don't know if you you can't necessarily decide you can make decisions yeah. that bring you along on a path but sometimes fate life um opportunity luck like yeah, you know it all kind of collides it, and then it, we, we we like to call it um, embrace your calling, yeah. Embrace your purpose. That's that's who you are. That's yeah. was your faith. That was um, your path. That's what you're gonna be doing, yeah. and you enjoy doing, it and you've been successful doing it. So let's go on. Did you, what? <laughs> let me say like, what is the best compliment you ever gotten? Oh gosh. What is the best? This this is a really good question. Um, Thank you. And again, it, it, you know, I'll say because it's 
it's so fresh in my mind. Okay. Um, I'll say this. I have a, I have a card sitting on my counter from my father. My, it was my birthday, my last birthday card from him. And he said he was very happy that he had me to take care of him. Wow. So, yo, that's, and I get a, I get a little, that one, you know, I get a little choked up from. So, you know, that's, I think you can't ask for a better compliment, you know, especially from your father. He took care of me when everything went the way it went with my mother. Yeah. You know, so I'll take that. It's, that's much better than, you know, any other type of superficial comment. To me, that's, I did my job, you know. And that's refreshing too. Yeah. And like you talk about peace, I think that's the ultimate peace. Yeah. So, how do you? And I'll just. This is a personal question. I mean, I, I obviously have no issue getting into. <laughs> no, when I say that, how, how do you dealing with him passing away? So, are yeah. you doing right now? I mean, it's it's little moments like this where you know I, I get emotional. Okay. Um, I think about these things. Um, so there's, it's sad. I will never, what I learned from this whole experience, I will never say to somebody, oh, your grandfather passed away at 85. Well, he lived a good long life. That doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't help. So there's a sadness there because at the end of the day, regardless of how old the person was, they were somebody's father, brother, yeah. um, cousin, whatever, and they'll be missed. It's still, it's still a loss and I'm going to miss them. And I think that's where I'm at. I just miss them, you know? So. And, 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 and thank you for sharing this. I really appreciate because like I said, this, um, this is what we, we, we want to, this side of you that people will probably never know and now they are experiencing our audience and uh people who's working with you who's gonna um enjoy this uh, podcast can definitely have a chance of to understand who you are so let's try to get to a fun note now sure college process <laughs> how was it for you college college was weird for me um, I'm not gonna lie. I ended up in a, and again, this goes back to my father. Yeah. My father, my father was like, I grew up in New York State, and he's like, the best thing you can do, Bob, is go to a state college. College, yeah. And I was like, I, I didn't put much effort into my college search. I, I, I didn't, I didn't handle it very well. I didn't, okay. and I just kind of randomly applied to some schools. But I did end up finally deciding to go to a state of New York college. Okay. Where um, I got a very good education. I did the study abroad program where I lived in London for a semester. Mm. At the time of my life, um, <laughs> you know, went went to, in my opinion, a very good school. <laughs> it was up in Western New York, up by Rochester, New York. It was cold. Um, I didn't enjoy that, but I got a very good education and it yeah. led me on a path to where I was able to find jobs out of college. And I, you know, I, I, I did quite well. 
Um, I graduated with over a three point something GPA that mm-hmm. at this age, that doesn't really matter. I graduated national criminal justice honor society, Wow! but I, I appreciate it now where, you know, back then maybe I did, I didn't love it there. You know, it wasn't, I made some, some good friends. Um, some people I kind of stay in touch with today, but, um, I wasn't a partier. I didn't drink in college. So that okay. kind of left me on the outside looking in at times. Yeah. You know, I had to find other things to do. I went to the movies a lot. <laughs> I yeah. rented, I rented VHS tapes. <laughs> at the <grocery> store. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear because one thing I, I realized is, and I have a guest, he was talking about, um, he's from UMass Hammers. Yeah. One of, uh, one of the, I'm not saying the best college for party, but a lot of people I know go to their parties. So, um, but let's talk about, is there one thing you wish you knew before you started your career? Um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I wish I'd known How about this? I wish I had known that it was going to be okay. Mm. I wish I had known that everything that I was going to decide to do and every corner I turned, it was going to be okay. And it was going to be a good decision because I cannot tell you the amount of anxiety Anxiety. I dealt with, you know, ahead of a meeting, ahead of a project. Um, I'd never been laid off in my career worrying about, you know, being laid off or recessions and you do have to worry about this. Yeah. But it's all going to work out because it kind of has to. So, oh, do the right things. This is interesting because I'm going to challenge you yeah. because do you think those anxiety get you to prepare more? Yes, or? I agree okay. with that. I 100 percent. I always said I was an awesome project manager because I was so anxious all the time. Yeah, I do agree with you 100 percent. Eddie, a touch of anxiety definitely makes you more um, dot the I's, cross the T's, make sure everything you're one step ahead of everything. Yeah. What it doesn't do, what the downside to anxiety, when you're having panic attacks and you're worrying about things that don't matter. Yeah. And you're wasting your time. Anxiety at the end of the day, it's a disorder disorder that wastes your time. Today's mental mental health awareness day. And if anything I could say to anybody suffering with anxiety, try to find a way to work through it because anxiety is the biggest waste of time. You're worrying and get spun up on things that um, a lot of times just aren't even. Yeah. And, 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 and I appreciate your answer, but I will go back to what you said and I will agree, but I will ask you this. Did you, and which is makes sense. There's a lot of things we are worried about and doesn't, doesn't matter. It's just not going to change the needle of what can happen later, but how can you find that balance? And did you find it? I did. Okay. I did because I used to be a person who had like anxiety attacks, if you will. Okay. Um, and then uh, again, one of your questions is named three tough things. So I give you my mother's death, my father's death, and then I'm going to tell you about something else that happened to me. I had a stroke. Okay. I was, I was 38 years old. 
um, very healthy, and I had something, I had an anomaly with my heart um, that caused me to have a stroke. It's been since repaired. Okay. But I used to stress out, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I don't feel well, I'm dying. I would take it to extremes, yeah. but I had a stroke and I dealt with it. I just dealt with it. I dealt, the stroke never knocked me off my feet. I came out of it, fortunately, with no deficits. Okay. So by having something really, really bad, another really bad thing happen to me, it did help me find that balance. Okay. Because I was able to then say to myself, well, I survived a stroke. What am I worried about? Mm. Or I survived this. I survived my mother passing at 11 years old. I can handle this. this. Yeah. So you do find that balance. Now I do still have general anxiety. I need to be up on time. I need yeah. to be at this appointment. Yeah. I'm running late. This um, comes with the title, you know. <laughs> it just comes with the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, is there one piece of advice you would give somebody who's starting their career now? Yep, I will, and I hope that it comes through throughout this whole podcast. My piece of advice is stay the course. And I see this all the time, especially with sales reps. I spent 15, a good chunk of my career in sales, right? Probably, probably 10, 10 to 15 years of it in sales. Okay. You have to stay the course. You can, you can choose. Okay. I want to be in sales, right? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Sales requires a particular set of skills, but you have to understand an industry, a topic, a technology, technology. Hmm. in order to be good in sales. Because if you're talking to a client or a customer or a prospect and you don't understand their world, you don't understand their business challenges, you're not going to have a meaningful conversation with them or are you going to build that connection with them? Hmm. Too much. I see people jumping from this sales, this technology, that technology, this industry to that industry, you have to stay in the same industry so that you become somewhat of a subject matter expert. So my, my advice to the younger generation is that could even be in like a, a customer success role. Somebody's in a support role. Yeah. You have to understand the problems people are bringing to you so you can help solve them. Stay in a lane, pick an industry, pick a solution, and then become customer success, become sales, become a system architect, whatever you want to be, but pick a lane. And I will, I would quote your dad, according to you, pick a lane too. Yeah. Just pick your lane. Like you said, and I think that's one of the best thing I hear. So uh, I hear so far in terms of advice. Um, so who has been one of the most, your most important mentor? So far in your career, you can go back. Sure. Why now? Sure. Um, you know, over the years, I've I've had a f- you have mentors at checkpoints, right? When I first started, I had a mentor named Anthony Cirillo. I still talk to him to this day. He was a very good manager. He placed me in an account that put me on my career path. Always checked in on me. And then from there, I went to another, you know, I moved on and ended up working, like I said, at that biotech. And I just spoke to this gentleman the other day at Larry Turner. He was the director of facilities and he was my mentor. And he taught me to never put up roadblocks and because I could always do whatever I was asked. I had the capability of doing anything. Then I moved to the consulting world and that that becomes a gentleman by the name of Richard Huber. He became a mentor to me to get me on my 
polish it. Yeah. He helped me become more polished. He helped me learn how to speak to customers, how to how to provide deliverables to customers and how to support customers. And then you get to today where at Nuvolo, uh, Steven Zatarski, our chief operating officer, he's now adopted that role of mentor to me. So you have mentors at different phases. Yeah. They take you along in your career. Wow. So um, is there is there a way you can tell us or even kind of explain us explain to us which which title you had you has you had the most joy? It's now. Uh, I get the most joy out of what I do now. Um, because everything I've been through, and you've heard a multi, you've heard many different stories from both personal and professional. Yeah. Right now, what I get to do is use everything I learned to either share my insight with the industry through my podcast, and that's yeah. not a shameless plug, or share my insight with industry colleagues who call me mm. advice, or the younger generation. And, you know, mentoring the next, the future of sales, mentoring yeah. the next wave of solution consultants or um, other folks that I interact with. So right now I get a lot of joy and my role today also allows me to help a lot of people. So I can help partners, I can help customers, um, and I can help my colleagues because I get a lot of phone calls asking me questions about things that I have insight into because I've just been doing this so long. Wow. Well said. Well said, Bob. Really appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break with um, That's Use for City Management. We have Bob with us today. Um, excited. Um, this is um, great, and we learned a lot from him Definitely, we're going to have him for more. What comes before making a smart decision? Choices. A smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and, in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM. The smart choice. Yes, uh, GFM, the smart ch- choice. Call them now, 617-237-0106. Or go online, www.sysfm.com. Yes, um, we have Bob with us today, and we're very excited to have him to kind of pick his brain, um, learn about his journey and things he's passionate about. And I have this question for you in terms of your career. Is there a way that you could, okay, is there uh, any phases in your career when you feel like you gain confidence and you had enough knowledge 
and experience and then you became I'm not saying cocky, but you're being confident. <laughs> you know? No. Well, I'm sure you've heard of the imposter syndrome. Yes. The imposter syndrome, for those who don't know, is when you're doing you're serving a role, you work somewhere, you have a job, you have a title in whatever it is, but you don't really feel like you are that person. Person, yeah. Right. So I felt that way for years about being a sales rep. I had imposter syndrome. I'm like, I have a sales rep title, but you know, in this case, I got lucky at this account or somebody, you know, kind of what gave me the opportunity at this account and handed me the account. Um, but that all started to go away about three, four years ago okay. um, when I started to get, I went to a software company to sell software and software sales. I used to sell services. Services are a little more strategic, harder. Um, they come through, you, you get those opportunities through different paths, through partners, things like that. But when I went to work for a software company, it was more about you going out and, and really closing that business and, and representing that you were the guy or girl or gal um, that could go and drive revenue for the organization of which you're working for. And then once I left there and I came to Nuvolo, um, I realized I was really good at it. I was really good at it because I had, uh, I, I truly had the ability to walk a company that I was working for into an opportunity because I had contacts there. I understood their business requirements and then mm. that customer. So I could take it cradle to grave. I could find it, source it, position it, win it. Um, all on my, all, all with, I didn't need somebody to go find me. Um, I didn't need somebody to go win the deal for me. I did it turnkey, found it, positioned it, won it all myself. So that's only come about in the last five years, last five years. Wow. All, all that you, you passed that. It's like you, you, you get a promotion, you know, and now you feel like, okay, this is, this is me. This is all the experience I had. And now I'm in a position. I feel like I'm, I'm on my peak. I can apply it. Yeah. I, I definitely felt that way. I, I remember sitting on a flight going somewhere and I was like, holy cow, this is it. This is it. Now I'm the guy that people turn to for the advice and the direction and not arrogantly and not, it's just the, it's like, holy cow, 20 years have passed, you know, at, at this point, 20 years has passed and you learn a lot of lessons over that time. So it, it, it's really good to be able to apply that in the day to day. And, and thank you for sharing because we, as, as we grow in and as we get in, um, some people just graduate from college, listening to this podcast, some people just in the two years in the uh, profession, but you, you talk about changing different job. Mm -hmm. How did you know they were the, the right path for you? That's, that's a great question because I was always really good at this. You have to, when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, meaning if you're in a role and you don't know what's next in that role, it's time to go. And mm. far too often, I saw 
no light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and I asked the question, what's next for me? And it's like, you know, you just completed the big project and, you know, there, there's not much else. And I knew that in one circumstance where I was like, okay, I got to move on. So then you go, then I moved to another company and each year I'm making a little bit more money. I'm learning more. I'm growing. It was okay to stay there for 10 years because I was growing each year. financially professionally everything everything was growing and then say the company uh, what happened with that company it was bought out and i was like oh this there goes the light at the end of the world there's no more growth this this other firm's gonna you know strip us down to the bone and it's like okay time to move on from there and then another you know you just you gotta look if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel it's time to go Mm, so and this is great advice we really appreciate you Bob telling us uh, everything in terms of allow us to be successful in our world and successful in our career too but um let's let's talk about something that's really very 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 I'm passionate about it is negotiating your salary (laughs) and some people right now um they're in college and they're looking for their opportunity what was your process (sighs) so essentially is the question um how to come out of college and negotiate a salary or, or advice for coming out of college? What, what? So, yeah, thank you for, let me clarify. So what I, the question is, yes, there's no really a road map to negotiate a, um, uh, a salary, but how do you go about it? I know yeah. you get to that confidence level. You sure. don't, you, you don't feel that imposter syndrome anymore. Yeah. And then you feel confident. So, how was your comparing before oh, and I got now? Yeah. How did well, you realize to negotiate your salary? You gotta, you gotta know what you're worth. You gotta know what you're worth, and you gotta be who you can afford to be, right? <laughs> Bob, I'm gonna ask you to get deeper on that because, yes, yeah. I understand it, but not a lot of people will. Yeah, I'm going to dig right into it, right? So there's a saying, right, where a graphic designer, say, charges you $1,000 for a piece of art that they do, say, your website, right? Yeah. And they say, well, that only took you, that only took you an hour. Are you saying yeah. you charge a thousand dollars per hour? Yeah. No, what you're paying for is the years of experience. experience. <laughs> Does that help? Yeah. That it took that graphic do- designer to get there, to be able to um, create that piece of art. I see, I see a duck in the upper left-hand corner. You're paying for somebody's time that they took to get there. Yeah. And that's what, when, when you need to, you need to know your worth because there was a lot of time and effort that made you who you You are today and people, people need to be willing to compensate you for everything that it took for you to get there. So is there, oh man, I think we should, we should get to hot topic, man, because this is related to more hot topic. Let's get to hot topic now with uh, Bob. 
Yes, and great, great introduction in terms of hot topic because that's what we wanted to really talk about salary, and we're gonna talk about fussy managers too, in terms of their skill set and their mentality. But you, is there a way you can be unreason, unreasonable for your salary, and where? It's over the chart. You're asking something that's undone, never been done before. Yeah, because just like when you go look for, when you go look to sell a house, right? Before you set the price of your house, you run the comps, right? It's the comparisons. Yes. So you need to know what houses of the same size and the same zip code in the same neighborhood of what they're selling for. Yeah. If you have a house that you think is the greatest house on the block, yeah. you want to sell it for a million dollars, but similar houses are only selling for $700,000, it's going to be really hard to get that million dollars because yeah. it's you have to be comparable to the market. Market, yeah. So you have to take a look at that. And yes, you can be very unreasonable in terms of your, your ask. Right? Yeah for in terms of a salary. So you have to understand what the market is willing to bear, what the company is willing to bear, Today. what you're able to bring to the table. Um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, if you're asking for well above the mark, the market. fair market value for yeah. your role, well, you better bring something pretty special along with that. I, I don't know what you possibly could, but you're probably not going to get the job because the market, they'll go out to market and they'll, they'll find somebody who will be within those market, within the market criteria of the, the compensation. And we, which makes sense. And, and I appreciate um, you elaborating it. And the reason I said it's because out of college, not a lot of experience. Right. Um, the confidence level might be really low. Yeah. But uh, can they know how much they worth in terms of without that experience? Even they come from a great college. It doesn't matter. But how oh. can they co- co- come cope on that? Well, Eddie, I, I think I think there's a little like I to say I, I went on a grind. Like I, I spent years not making a lot of money. I never drove a fancy car. Um, you know, I didn't have nice things. I had to budget my money. Um, you have to pay your dues. And at some point, you know, if somebody's entering the workforce, maybe the experience in the long run is worth more yeah. Yeah. than what the salary. Now I know people have to live and, and the, yeah. the inflation and all things are a little more, <laughs> yeah, more expensive. You have to, you have to understand coming out of college, you know, you're good. You have to get your feet wet and you got to get your feet under your. So what I would say is what's the most bang for your bucks. Yeah. It, it, it buck is the juice going to be worth the squeeze is something I like to say. Meaning yeah. if I take this position where I make a little less money, recognizing that I don't have a ton of experience that I'm going to get that experience. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it to that and that was great 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 to hear your answer Bob um, let's go with um, a fussy manager I think I'm a fussy manager and I've, I I kind of see there's a trend fussy managers are tapping in multiple things at the same time multitaskers would you agree 
Yeah. Uh, facility manager has to understand how well their building's performing. Um, you know, is are their assets functioning correctly? Um, do people have what they need? Are the employees happy? Is the temperature right in the company? Yeah. <laughs> are we providing a world-class workplace? Do people want to come work at my facility? Yeah. They, they are at the forefront right now, in my opinion. 100%. And so, or, or do you know? Because now, um, the reason I'm gonna ask this question is we really and to create um, facility management company. We we've been working for three years, and we're gonna get to Novolo. Mm-hmm. All important is the software versus experience or spreadsheet <laughs> i saw you guys um put back uh yeah like we tired the spreadsheet use novolo i think that's something you guys put on linkedin yeah yeah so i mean nowadays with the younger generation entering the workforce they demand technology yeah meaning, meaning back in the day maybe a facility manager in gen uh, a, a baby boomer right yeah. you can get away with the spreadsheets and the manual data entry and a phone call for an issue nowadays the younger generation they're brought up on technology and technology is what they expect technology is what they use um, and you know that's certainly where things need to go I say he with the most data always wins. So the data can really inform your decisions and help you run uh, a world-class workplace. If you don't have the data and you don't have it at your fingertips and you can't report on it, then it's going to be really hard to make informed decisions. When you're creating a modern workplace, you need to focus on the big picture. You need the capability to manage all locations, people, and assets on one platform. And with Nuvolo Connected Workplace, you can do that and much more with customizable solutions like maintenance, space, real estate, and projects. Every person in every department can share the same data and collaborate to make decisions that move your business forward. That's the promise of being fully connected. What will your connected workplace look like? So really, I I believe that aspect of technology um, is really important and and really delivering on the promise of the fully connected workplace as you so graciously pulled up our website. All right. So that's your chance to talk about Novolo. What can people know, especially people in our industry? Yeah. So Novolo is an integrated workplace management system in IWMS that is built on the ServiceNow platform. So ServiceNow is an IT management system. It's one of the most ubiquitous enterprise software platforms in the world. Most companies do have ServiceNow somewhere. And what Nuvolo does is we plug right into that platform and extend all the functionality that's important to corporate real estate, whether it's space, moves, um, lease management, maintenance management, capital project management. It's all on our platform to help you deliver on that fully connected workplace. It really is a true story of system consolidation when you can bring all these functions related to corporate real estate and facilities on one enterprise grade platform to remove the silos, have all your departments working towards a world-class workplace delivery for your total operational spend and performance. 
Wow. Well said. Well said. So this is um, the Bolo. Yes. Anybody who's in that um, sphere, they can really uh, use it. Um, I understand you wanted to talk about your podcast too. I'd love to. I'd love to. So by virtue of everything we talked about on this show, Eddie, and I really appreciate the questions. I appreciate this forum. Um, I've gained a lot of experience over my life, my career. Um, so that led me to start a podcast on uh, called Connected Conversations. Um, I just released an episode today on my LinkedIn page. You can find me on LinkedIn forward slash Bob Masachetti. That's a great conversation I just had with Ryan Anderson. Thank you for bringing it up uh, of Miller Knoll. Um, we talk about all things uh, in the corporate real estate world. We, we I draw on my personal contacts for subject matter experts um, to come and speak on a particular topic that's important to the industry, important to themselves. It's not an advertisement. It's not a podcast used to uh, push an agenda or anything like that. Uh, at the end of the day, the podcast there is to really bring subject matter experts uh, to my connections in a broader uh, and the broader audiences, hopefully uh, through your podcast as well, Eddie. No, no, definitely. So very happy to to have you. Um, let, let's let's talk about a few a few books you can recommend our audience or movies. Uh, as you said, you you watch a lot of movies when you were in college. So any movies favorite? Yes, one was just on TV. I recommend the Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, the Shawshank Redemption because it's all about hope. It's all about staying the course. And it's all about the truth always coming out and being true to yourself. So I highly recommend the Shawshank Redemption. Wow, the other that's one, good Eddie, movie. I got a plug. I got a plug is The Breakfast Club. Yeah. When I was a kid in the 80s, I think you could show that to any generation and the message of that movie is going to resonate. We're all different, but we're all the same. No, Everybody's dealing with something. Everybody has their own set of issues and insecurities. So those are two I would definitely recommend. Is there a question you wish um, I asked you today? Eddie, I, I got to say you did a great job um, bringing out all sides of me. Um, so I, I can't really, I, I tend to live in the moment, so I'm not going to look back and I'm going to say I, there is no question that I wished you asked me. Um, you did a great job of asking me both personal and professional questions. Uh, we got to talk about my dad, which was a little bit cathartic for me. Um, so really, Eddie, there's no question that I wish you asked me. I really enjoyed my time here and I was able to stay in the moment for, for the hour we spent together. No, definitely. The one last question. What is the future hold for you, Bob? Oh, man. I got to say, if you can't tell, I'm at a bit of a crossroads and I don't know. Um, I really hope the future brings me peace. Um, I hope the future brings me um, more happy times than, than bad. But I do know that in the future, when the bad times do come, I'm built to handle them. So I don't know what the future brings me. Um, I can only hope it's only good things, but I am prepared for the bad. 
Uh, well said, well said. This is Eddie Dacius with our episode with um, Bob. We had a great time. Very, very interesting and energetic, um, passionate conversation. I definitely like where he took us. Like I said, he, he is the driver. He's taking us to a journey. And we, we just um, enjoyed the time that we had with him. Um, last word for you, Bob. Nothing. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share my voice, uh, share a little bit about myself. And I really like what you're doing here. And I, I want to compel you to keep going, Eddie. I, I really enjoyed my time here. Uh, same for me too and uh, I think our, our audience um, really enjoy the time this is Divine Prepared Podcast with a new episode with Bob today he really talk about his um, title he's, uh, he represent Novolo Novolo is a great company um, if you are into, in terms of like facility management um, building management asset management you should check them out with um, Novolo and we had Bob today with us and great to have you and we will stay in touch and definitely have a good time. Thank you so much, Eddie. I appreciate it.